High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. All right. Um, on the issue of uh, all sorts of things, but particularly humanism, uh, Mark Warford says, as a Quaker, I was very interested to listen to your humanist guest. I think we Quakers are God-believing humanists. I found about point at all. Your humanist guest was very good, said Eamon Interno, very reasonable, rational, and accepting of other beliefs. What grieves me, he says, is the number of atheists who are downright insulting about God and those who believe in God. I also agree with that, and I kind of agree with Barney Andrada, uh, but then he starts using four-letter words, so he's out the gate, and he says, taking religion out of school is fantastic. Now we can get rid of that effing useless Irish language. Ah, yeah, get rid of history and tradition and airbrush the revolution out of history and every Barney would be all fine in school. Now, I am joined by William Hughes, Esquire, for Essential Songs. Bill, welcome to the programme. Good afternoon, George. What are we going to be talking about? Um, Well, last Sunday night, when they introduced the new president of France, and he walked on stage to the Ode to Joy, rather than the Marseillaise. Really, did he? I didn't know that. Uh, He walked on stage to the Ode to Joy, which is the European anthem. Correct. To say, I am European. He did not play the Marseillaise to say, I'm just French. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, you're you're such an interesting character anyway. Yeah. um, The thing that everybody seems to be obsessing about is his marriage. Uh, to Brigitte because she's 25 years his senior. But he seduced her when he was a schoolboy or something. Uh, She was 40, he was 15. Who do you think did the seducing, George? Well, he claims that it was him. Well, that's very good. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Either we, way. So are we playing seduction music? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, we are playing <laughs> seduction music. And I just thought there is one particular song and there's a line in it. Yeah. And was she, you? Was, she was 31. I was 17. I knew nothing about love. She knew everything. And that is Bobby Goldsboro and Summer the First Time. And Summer the First Time being the first time. And I thought, now, apart from it being a brilliant song, and I do love it. It was also talking about an illegal act. uh, Yeah, but that didn't matter. When love is concerned, at 17, you know, I learned the truth at 17 that love was meant for beauty queens. That's Janice Ian's line. So we won't get into the nitty gritty of of age at this stage. Right. So Bobby Goldsboro, who I like, I know the music, know it well, like it. Uh, This particular song, because Bobby Goldsboro, he sort of, his reputation hangs on another song called Honey. See the tree, how big it's grown. Oh, and yeah. it hasn't been too long. Which is the biggest pile of schmaltz. It's like a bucket of honey being thrown over right. it. But in 1968, it was the biggest selling song in the entire world. But you honey, come in here every week with no, the biggest but, selling song in the world. Yeah, because there's a hundred years and there's something oh, yeah, big suppose. every year. Yeah, you know, I suppose, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, different years of different things. Like 1941 is known for many things. And sadly, one of them is that you were born. But anyway, 1968... Uh, Honey was the biggest selling song in the world. 1973, Summer the First Time, was released by Bobby Goldsboro. Now, there's a piano riff 
there's a 12 string guitar, there's an orchestral string arrangement. And there was so much controversy about the song because, because of the Because of the seduction. Oh, yeah, because of the content. But Bobby Goldsborough as a character, I mean, he was born in 1941. Uh, he was born in Mariana, Florida. But as a baby, his family moved to Alabama. And he graduated in high school in Alabama, went to Auburn University, but dropped out because he was a gifted guitarist. And his first gig was to go on the road as the guitarist for Roy Orbison. Go away. And when he was the guitarist with Roy Orbison, they opened for the Beatles together. They went on that tour together. And then Bobby Goldsborough landed the opening act uh, for the Rolling Stones, the Beach Boys, uh, the Four Seasons. So he was, you know, quite something. This is in the early 60s. It was in 68 then when he released Honey and everybody went, oh, isn't he amazing? But he'd already had two million selling songs at that stage, one of them being See the Funny Little Clown. And uh, he and, and then It's Too Late, another song that he that he released, which was a dance song. And it became a cult song in the northern soul dance era of northern England. Um, so he's quite a diverse character. He he then wrote a song called With Pen in Hand, which was nominated for the Grammy, sung by Vicky Carr. Uh, and then he wrote a song called The Cowboy and the Lady. It became a top ten hit for Brenda Lee, but it was transmogrified into The Cowboy and the Dandy and became hits for Dolly Parton and John Denver. So... The, the guy has just, he's been around. People don't realise he's been part of the musical landscape for so so long. He's also written songs for Aretha Franklin and Johnny Cash. So he's made a ton of cash. A ton of cash. And he set up a publishing company in Nashville. And the publishing company uh, had the wind beneath my wings and behind closed doors. So just licences to print money. Uh, and it was all really good. But then he, he in the last few years, he's become a painter. He has written animation series for Disney. He's he's just a, a, a full-on All guy. Right, okay. So we should hear the song. But, but this is a seduction song. The seduction song, Some of the First Time, I think it's just beautiful. All right, Bobby Goldsborough, Some of the First Time. It was a hot afternoon, last day of June, and the sun was a demon. The clouds were afraid, one tin in the shade, and the pavement was steaming. I told Billy Ray in his red Chevrolet. Need a time for some thinking I was just walking by When I looked in her eyes And I swore it was winking She was 31 And I was 17 I knew nothing about love She knew everything I sat down beside her on a front porch swing Wondered what the coming night would bring
sun closed her eyes as it climbed in the skies and it started to swelter sweat trickled down the front of her gown and I thought it would melt her she threw back her hair like I wasn't She sipped on the julep Her shoulders were bare And I tried not to stay When I looked at her tulip When she looked at me I heard her softly say I know you're young You don't know what to do or say Stay with me until the sun has gone away And I will chase the boy in you away And then she smiled And we talked for a while Then we walked for a mile to the sea We sat on the sand And the boy took her hand But I saw the sun rise as a man Holy suffering God Why well, wasn't that band in Ireland? Well, you're 1973 I mean, it's really seductive, beautiful yeah, like happen. It's all about, like Losing your virginity on the beach and waking up in the morning with the sun rising and everything. How did that get past the sensor? But, is it, but isn't it gorgeous? Isn't it gorgeous? No, it's not gorgeous. Don't you wish you had that no, experience? No. I'm, oh, with Kier, I'm with Kieran in Kildare who yeah. says, The Look of long Love, sung by Dusty Springfield, has to be one of the most smouldering seduction songs ever. And it is. It's a beautiful yeah, it's seduction song. It's just not this song. one. It's just not this one. But I think the, the lyric was apropos the election of Emmanuel Macron and his relationship with his beautiful wife, yeah. Brigitte. Yeah. And, you know, she took his hand and that was the end of that. Yeah. But there are so many... Nobody ever s- took me by the hand more as Well, I see, I thought you'd be envious rather than bitter about this. <laughs> no, I'm bitter because nobody took <laughs> it me It didn't by happen. Hand. Nobody had me on the but, beach looking but, at the sun. But there are so many... I mean, as a topic, as a subject for songs, it's it's so ripe and so oh, many... Yeah, and so many, and, and, and also the first time you've done it, you know. And well, losing your virginity by definition means it's the first time you've done it, Bill. Yeah, yes. That's an oxymoron. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm moving this on. So Move away. The wonderful Carol King yeah. sat at the piano and wrote a song that went In the on. Brig building or whatever in, in the Brig building. It went on to become a massive hit for the Shirelles. Yeah. And it was, will you still love me tomorrow? Because the question is, is this a lasting treasure or just a moment's pleasure? Can I believe the magic of your size? Will you still love me tomorrow? Now, I used to listen to the Shirelles singing that thing all the time. Eh? Yeah. In, in, and, uh, but I didn't know it was about just well, shows. Yeah, I didn't know.
see, there's there's a moment. No, hold on. Yeah. Prince Charles is in Ireland. Are they his crowd? No, no. What was his crowd? Three degrees. Oh, three degrees. And yeah. Sheila Ferguson in particular. Yeah, right. The lead okay. singer. Yeah, but um, there's a musical now about Carol King and about how she wrote all these songs. It's called Beautiful, and it's coming to the board. Gosh, in January of next year, I just thought. But there's a moment where she sits down at the piano and sings that as a plaintive lament. You know, will you still love me tomorrow? It's completely unlike that Shirelle's version, but it's just beautiful. Now, there's a song, Elvis Costello. This is more your uh, street, I think. He wrote a song, uh, Just I'm just going to tell you the lyric. It's called Mystery Dance. Well, I remember when the lights went out and I was trying to make it look like it was never in doubt. She thought that I knew and I thought that she knew. So both of us were willing, but we didn't know how to do it. I think that's more like your experience. That's definitely And then my Pope experience. had a song in 1994 called Do You Remember the First Time? Uh, because then they follow it up with I Can't Remember a Worst Time. <laughs> well, in my particular case, I panicked so much yeah. at having committed a mortal sin that I went to Mass. Really? Truthfully, I went to Mass. I was she ne- was still looking at me, I think, as I, went, as I dashed out the door of the hotel to the church. I was never in touch with my guilt that much. I, I, my guilt never impinged yeah, on me. Although I was, with, I was with somebody once who did jump out of bed and, and screamed, oh my God, what are we doing? So I was like, oh. Liam and Tallis says, uh, Barry White, I'm going to love you just a little more baby. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Although there is a listener like me who said it's about an illegal act and there's double standards for musicians that there wouldn't be for other people. And there's no poetry in your life or no romance or no, you know, that's it. You never, you know, do you not like when you lose your breath and your knees give way? Do you not like that feeling? I tell so, you, <laughs> if you're interested, I lose my breath and my knees go away, fall away every single day of my life now. And I don't get any pleasure out of it. Well, Rod Stewart. So it's overrated, <laughs> heavy breathing. Rod Stewart had a lyric that I was amazed got past anything. Yeah. And it was from a, a song called Tonight's the Night and the lyric is you'd be a fool to stop this tide spread your wings and let me come inside I think we might have that do we? Have we got that Quilly? Let me pour you a good long drink Woo baby don't you I think that's when they're having the cigarettes. We can't actually, we can't actually play your bit because, of course, it's the middle of the day. I do want to do something that's very important. It's not musical, but Anne reminds me. She wants us to talk about, it's called Dare to Care. It's a Vincent's Hospital on Saturday morning from 9.30 to 1.30. And all the cancer experts are going to be there, doctors, researchers, nurses, everything. And uh, John Cran will be there and uh, just rack up Anne. All right, so there you have it. Now you had how many seduction songs? Uh, Six. Uh, yeah, but uh, d- 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 have we time for one more or no? Is that done? It's done. Quick, 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 quick one. Uh, the Four Seasons, December 1963. Oh, what a night! And I think you might have, you might know this experience. Oh, I got a funny feeling when she walked in the room, and I, as I recall, 
it ended much too soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most of mine were ending too soon. I must say, all my fault. Quilly, uh, give us a flash of premature, what you may call it there, on the, uh, on the music. <laughs> And then Anne says, Maggie May is the same about yeah. your other one. And then Emma and Cork was surprised when you were talking about Macron and you didn't play Jetem. Oh, Serge Gainsborough and Jane yeah. Birkin. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just I, I, I thought Summer the First Time was more subtle, more seductive. Yeah. Like Jetem is just two people going at it. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> but I think... Uh, uh, we're only doing this once in my radio career, are we? Well, this is fun. This was fun. <laughs> I thought. Well, sorry if you didn't appreciate the 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 idea. I think Sean McCree right. would appreciate You'll that five, idea. If you want to know about that music, by the way, it's all available on Spotify to uh, stream under George's Essential Songs. My thanks to Bill Hughes, joined by Sean Moncrief. And I'm not going to ask uh, the obvious question. What's on the show? Uh, there is a hunger strike at Yale University in the United States. It's been going on over two weeks. It's over graduate students who teach, but they're also studying for their PhDs and they get paid for that. But they want to be able to unionise. And of course, this is to do with the wider political climate in the States as well, that, uh, that a lot of the universities are resisting this. And Yale University, which is worth $25 billion, is refusing to negotiate with them. So they're on day 15 of a hunger strike. It's in New Haven, Connecticut. Mm. And, and uh, it's a kind of, it's a great drive-by shooting place. And if you want to go to a lecture, a security man comes to your place, collects you and brings you to the lecture. Right. Okay, it, so it's not it's, a great drive-by well, shooting Well, it's not place. like Belfield, really. It's a yeah. bit different from Belfield. All right, there you have it. Hunger strikes at Yale University. All by fellas worth a ton of money. Uh, on sound today was Michael Quilligan um, and the team of Peter Steers, Kira Courtney and Alex Russo, Eva Breen, and of course, Mark Simpson. But for me, from Bill Hughes, and to everybody here, it's goodbye until tomorrow at noon. <laughs>